Hello, hello. Welcome to the 360 Method, a weekly podcast where we talk about everything Autism 360. Every week we catch you up on what's going on with the program, chatting with team members and talking all things mindset, as well as exploring relevant ideas that autism parents think about. This week we're talking about Christmas and why it feels so hard. I'm your host, Ella Bailey, Autism 360 veteran coach and explorer of all things parenting support. Before becoming an Autism 360 team member, I worked in psychological research and behavioral psychology. So welcome to you, our lovely listeners. We care about you, your thoughts, and your experiences. So whether you're a program member or not, we would love to hear from you. Please drop us a line at hello at autism360.com and we would love your feedback and your interesting questions. So before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal and Wangal people of the Eora Nation on whose land I live and work and from where this podcast is being broadcast today. And also just make the disclaimer that this podcast does not substitute for medical advice. If you're concerned about yourself or about a loved one, please do access medical or allied help. So I wanted to touch on something today um, that I think is a fairly common experience for parents of kids with additional needs or parents of um, kids who might struggle when things are out of routine or they've got sensory things going on, anything like that. And I think that question um, is why does Christmas feel so hard? <laughs> um, and and I, would, I want to start off by saying that you're not alone. It may look like everybody on social media is having this glorious uh, Christmas with their families or, um, you know, they might be having this picture-perfect Hanukkah or whatever it might be, Um, you're not alone in feeling that the holiday season can be tricky. And I think that, um, you know, I was was having a think about why it might be that Christmas feels, uh, can feel so tricky or why holidays can feel so tricky. And I think that one of the main reasons is that, you know, there's this expectation that um, events such as Christmas or um, other festivals that are going on around this time of year feel, quote unquote, magical, right? You know, the magic of Christmas, um, the spirit of Christmas, those sorts of things. And I think the thing is that as as we get older, um, unfortunately, we come to realise that actually the magic of Christmas is just a whole lot more work that needs to go on behind the scenes, you know? So in order for the quote-unquote magic of Christmas uh, to, um, you know, have this wonderful experience, everything needs to be prepared ahead of time. Things need to look neat and tidy. The aesthetics need to be considered. Um, And somebody has to do all that work, you know? And there's um, certain parts of the family that that work falls on more than others. And so I guess I would just like to say that actually the magic of this time of year is um, mostly just more work that often um, gets shouldered um, by women um, for the most part. And that's why it's uh, so easy at this time of year to feel like the magic is gone. I think um, kind of further to that, Christmas is one of those times when social expectations are at their highest and comparisons are at their most stark. You know, I think Christmas is one of those times that people use to um, measure themselves against others. Um, It's one of the times that they use to um, claim their sort of social status in the group or, um, 
display to others how successful they are or those kinds of things. And they may not be a conscious um, a conscious decision on their part, but certainly it's one of the times of the year when the contrasts between the haves and the have-nots or the cans and the can'ts are most stark. You know, it's uh, it will always remind me of this story that uh, when I was working uh, before, uh, before I graduated, I was working as a uh, behavior therapist and I went to support one of my kiddos who uh, was going to be participating in his end of school Christmas concert. It was actually a end of uh, their time at preschool moving into kindergarten concert. So it was his last concert, his last show with his whole uh, kindy class. Um, and I'd been working with this little dude for oh a, a good three years, I would say. We were um, had great rapport. We um, I w- loved working with him. I loved the whole family. Anyway, we get there. He's all excited. I'm there to support him. Um, his mom and his little brother are there. And uh, the kindy teacher, pardon me, the preschool teacher, um, pulls mum aside and actually asks if she wouldn't mind just um, keeping our little man on her lap and, you know, having him watch the rest of his peers perform specifically because, you know, he had a lot of vocal and visual stims um, that uh, did tend to increase when he got excited um, and she thought that it would possibly frighten um, or confuse the other children. So he was uh, excluded from that Christmas concert. And, you know, I think that that is not an uncommon story. That really that really hit home at that time, you know, that that these kids are being excluded even in, you know, the highest quality of of, of institutions, um, it's totally, um, you know, apparently it's very normalized for um, a parent of a child with a disability to be asked to um, keep their child out of those activities, especially at this time of the year. And I think that um, that can be why Christmas is so tricky, you know. Um, it's really obvious if your kid isn't able to go to their graduation ceremony, how easy it is for everybody else. Uh, It's really easy when, um, you know, you see pictures of everybody else's family enjoying opening their presents and playing and saying please and thank you, uh, maybe on social media, when uh, your child uh, may not be able to do that at this point, to feel really um, a lot of pain about that. So I want to say you're not alone um, and that it can be a tricky one for people to understand, especially, you know, maybe your kiddo has... um, some struggles around lateral thinking. Maybe there are really, maybe their strengths are being really little literal um, and really um, concrete about the way that they go about interacting with the world. Now, Christmas is one of those cultural rituals. It's one of the few cultural ritual rituals, pardon me, left in Western society um, that that comes from an entirely socially constructed background, right? There's no kind of logical root necessarily to the cultural expectations that we have or um, anything like that. And I think if you're a person who doesn't engage with the world in a particularly lateral or non-concrete way, it can feel really um, overwhelming and confusing and hard to understand why people would be um, placing all these expectations on you. Um, So I think that there's a lot of reasons that um, not just kids, but uh, people in general might find this sort of a weird or strange time of year. So I wanted to suggest there's a few ways that Christmas or uh, the festive season, whatever you are celebrating at this time, 
There's a few ways that we might be able to lean away from things that aren't serving us during Christmas and lean into things that are going to make this a more enjoyable season. And I think the first one of those is to reclaim your spirit of Christmas without doing anything unnecessary. So what does Christmas mean to you? What are the important parts and what are the uh, what are the parts that aren't important to you? So I'll give you an example. For me, um, what I love about Christmas, and this is probably not what everybody would typically say, what I love about Christmas is I love decorating my house. I love getting crafty and creative and making new ornaments and really leaning into um you know, the color scheme or creating um, some new, I don't know, uh, scenes or whatever it might be in my home. I find that a really enjoyable, creative part of Christmas. So I'm planning, you know, from the beginning of November, I'm making new ornaments, I'm I'm spray painting, I'm bejeweling, I'm doing all these things. What's not really important to me is the presence. So I love to have like a beautiful space for my family to enjoy. What isn't so interesting to me is what's in the boxes under the tree. I could take or leave that. As long as the boxes have like a beautiful (laughs) coordinated ribbon on them, it's not super important to me. And that might not be your experience of Christmas, but take a second in the shower to think about, okay, what about Christmas is important to me and what does not matter to me? Lean away from what doesn't matter. So in my case, don't worry about the presents and lean into what really works. You know, in my case, that would be lean into the creative side of Christmas. Use it as an excuse to do craft. Use it as an excuse to get your friends and family in on some DIY decorations. Um, And in that way, you're reclaiming the parts that you like and you're moving away from the things that aren't helpful. I think, you know, My next point would be don't try and use Christmas or whatever it is, whatever cultural ritual or celebration um, that you're going to be engaging with or trying to help your child to engage with. This isn't the time of year to be teaching them something new, right? So um, I don't know, maybe going to mass at midnight on Christmas Eve is not going to be the right time to be teaching your kiddo about keeping keeping their hands to themselves. You know. Pick things that are at your child's ability level and let them enjoy it rather than trying to use the time to pick something that's above their capacity level and then having to teach them up to that level because that's where the stress all comes from. You know, if your kiddo isn't able at this stage um, to sit and listen um, uh, without kind of uh, potentially doing things that might not be appropriate for a church situation, don't create more stress for yourself by trying to get your kiddo to do things that they're not ready for. You're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to enjoy it. And it's not the right time anyway. They deserve a break. They've had a big year to um, lean into the things that they can and want to do and that you can and want to do as well. The last thing that I would say around Christmas is that this time of year, people are really looking for the opportunity to give back. They're looking for an opportunity to feel good about um, supporting others. They're looking for the opportunity to feel good about connecting with their community. And so I would really say, ask for help. Give people the opportunity to help you because at Christmas, that's what people, um, you know, lots of people are looking for that opportunity. And by asking them for help, you're giving them a gift of being able to help you. I really want you to think about, okay, you know, if I were looking for somewhere to um, 
feel community-minded, looking for somewhere to feel like I could support those who needed it. Um, what, what would I want to do? So maybe that's you you asking for, I don't know, some help with Christmas cooking or some help with uh, playing with the kids or something like that. I think if there was ever a time of year to ask people for help when they would, um, you know, I'm sure appreciate uh, you reaching out, I think it would be Christmas. Make use of that. Ask for help. Takes a village. Um, I hope that you all have a wonderful festive season. I hope that you um, stay safe and have fun. I'm going to be enjoying a lot of pavlova and probably some mimosas. Um, And I will see you back here next year.